Hello and a warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This is a place where you can enjoy all things face yoga, wellness, beauty, yoga and just feeling good. So this week I have two lovely, lovely girls called Kylie and Sophie and they are the hosts of the Not So Simple Life podcast. And I was on their podcast a few weeks ago and I was really, really keen to have them here on the Face Yoga Expert podcast because they are just such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to beauty and wellness routines. They have both spent many, many years in the modeling industry. So they have had their faces made up by the very best in the industry. And because they do a podcast, which is all speaking to wellness and beauty experts, they have picked up so many great tips over the years. So this episode's so lovely. They're so easy to chat to. And I was just saying to them as we finished, actually, that it was the first time I've interviewed two guests at the same time. So usually when I do a podcast, it's just me and another guest. So it was me and two others. So that was definitely a first for the Face Yoga Expert podcast. So before we get into this week's episode, just a little reminder, if you haven't yet got my book, The Face Yoga Journal, you can get that one now. It is a beautiful, beautiful journal that allows you to write gratitude. You're guided through with lots of journaling prompts. You can write what you've done with your face yoga that day. You can tick off how much you've done of your face yoga. You can write intentions, you can write affirmations, but also you have 52 key face yoga techniques in there. It will guide you through an entire year. You can start at any point in the year, shows you how to do your face yoga routine, but then also there's lots of lovely inspirational quotes in there, wellness hacks, beauty hacks. And the best news is you can now get it available as an ebook. So of course you can get it as an actual book. You can get it as a hard copy on Amazon or any good bookstore, but you can now get it on an ebook. So you can either get it on a Kindle app, you can download it anywhere that you get your ebooks, or if you've got a Kindle, you can actually get it on the Kindle as well now too. So it's a really great way of just being able to enjoy the Face Yoga Journal but actually have that as a digital copy. So before I talk any more about face yoga, I want to delve into this week's episode because there's so much within this I know you guys are going to absolutely love and relates really, really well to face yoga as well. And as always, please do just take a moment to rate and review this podcast. So particularly if you're listening to it on iTunes, Apple, please do just leave it a review. If you can leave it five stars, I would so appreciate that. It makes such a, such a difference when you just take those few minutes to do it. So even if you've listened to just one of the podcasts or whether you've been a regular listener since the podcast started at the beginning of 2020, either way, it would mean so much if you did that. Okay, let's jump into this week's episode with Kylie and Sophie. Kylie and Sophie, thank you so much for being guests on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you both doing? Great. We are so thrilled to be here. We loved having you on our show and it's very exciting to be on yours now. Yes. Thank you so much. We're very happy to be here. 
Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And for anyone that missed the episode, I was on the Not So Simple Life podcast last week, it was actually, where you guys interviewed me. And it was really lovely. We had a really lovely chat about face yoga and wellness and all that good stuff. So it was just like a natural continuation for us, wasn't it? For you guys to come on my podcast and sort of carry on a conversation, but to delve more into your guys' sort of wellness and beauty routines. Yeah, it was a great interview. So we're very happy to be continuing it, having another conversation with you. Yay, I'm so excited. And I'm really intrigued, and I know lots of my listeners will be, how you two became friends and how you started your journey to everything you do today, which of course includes your amazing podcast, the Not So Simple Life podcast. So maybe if we start there, if you could talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so I knew Kylie very vaguely from doing castings around New York, like I'd see her around and we'd say hi, but we didn't know each other very well. And then One day she reached out to me on Instagram during the first lockdown, asking me if I would like to create a a wellness podcast with her. And she had seen me posting on my Instagram page about how passionate I was about health and fitness as well. And so she knew we would make great partners together because we both shared the same passions. And what's funny is that I didn't even know what a podcast was when she approached me. I was like, (laughs) let me go and listen to a few podcast shows and see if this is something I feel like I could do. And then I quickly realized that it's something we could definitely make work, even though we knew nothing about how to create a podcast show. But here we are almost two years later and we've already almost published 80 episodes and it's going really, really well. Yeah. We basically had both been in the modeling industry for about the same amount of time, almost five years. And eventually you find yourself following everyone on social media that you see at castings all the time. And Sophie and I had just kind of found this same passion of health and wellness. And so I definitely had to approach her. I felt like she would be the perfect person to do this podcast with. And, you know, outside of modeling, it's really been just a creative outlet for us and was something that was so crucial for us during COVID because our work essentially stopped for six months during COVID. We couldn't model. Studios were closed. We had nothing going on really. So Sophie and I used that time to create this health and wellness podcast. And it's really blossomed into so much more than we ever thought it would be. I love that. And I love how you really sort of thought outside the box. And it must have been such a massive shock for you overnight, everything that you know, work-wise, just stopping. But I love that you then thought, okay, I'm passionate about something else as well as modeling. And that was wellness and beauty. And you just came together like that. I just think it's so, so amazing. And I'm sure what you do on your podcast and hopefully what you'll do here today is share lots of tips that you've learned over all the years of being models about beauty and beauty routines and and favorite products. Is there anything in particular, if you can maybe both sort of pick a sort of like a beauty tip or even like a hero product that you love that you've learned over the years is just the best thing? Oh, that is a question that I love and such a loaded question. We are so blessed to have like the best makeup artists in the world touching our faces and doing our makeup and hair. And we definitely have picked up so much along the way. I would say for me, what I've learned is just how to do amazing skin and how to make your skin truly look amazing when you're getting your makeup done. And it's, it's all about the prep. For me, I learned that, you know, it's not about the makeup primers that you see on the shelves at Sephora. It's all about really 
using great skincare and starting with this perfect base that's all about hydration and serums and application and the way you're applying it, which kind of ties into what you do. You know, they always give us like a little toning face massage before we get going because if you want amazing makeup and you want to have this amazing beauty look, it's all about starting with the best canvas possible. So for me, I would say it's probably my favorite moisturizer, which is Augustinus Badere the Rich Cream, because it gives you that amazing hydration with all of the good benefits for your skin, but also allows you to have such a dewy, healthy glow underneath your makeup. Yeah. I think the key is starting to take care of your skin from a very early point so you can get ahead of it. So I am obsessed with my sunscreen. I use the Skin Cure Mineral-Based Sunscreen with SPF Factor 50. It's so important to protect your skin from the sun. Everyone knows that sun damage is a very prominent factor in aging. So if you can get ahead of it and protect your skin while you're still young, then it's going to really serve you in the long run. So definitely sunscreen is number one on my list of essential skincare products. Absolutely. I love both of those tips. And it is so much about the skin, because even if you've got the best makeup in the world, the best makeup artist in the world, if you're not looking after your skin, which really is that canvas, like you say, the makeup just never sits right. And I'm so pleased that you mentioned about SPF as well. So it's never too late to start using your SPF. I mean, I have so many women that sort of come to me maybe in their 50s and 60s and say, oh, I've got so much sun damage, but really it never is too late. So it's every single day, isn't it, with your SPF, even on cloudy days, even if you're sat by a window because those UVA rays can penetrate through the glass, through the clouds. So Mm -hmm. I love, love, love that you mentioned that. That's so amazing and do you both have like a particular morning routine that you use and that can be skincare routine or wellness or both really I'd love to I'd love to hear about both <laughs> love it. Well, both of us have a very strong morning routine like we love to keep do the same kind of thing every morning just to make it like a, a daily habit so first things first I'll have my coffee and I always love to try and get some sunshine on my face while I'm drinking my coffee because it's a nice way to start the day it gets your energy up and it really wakes you up just to get that sunlight on your face. And then following that, once I've had my coffee buzz, I will start with my workout. And then after that, it's time to shower and get ready. And then I usually have my first meal. So my breakfast around midday, because I personally, I hate to work out on a full stomach. So unless I have a really early cool time to so say, I have like a shoot that I have to be there at like eight in the morning. I'll always have my breakfast first because otherwise I'm not gonna have any energy for the day. But if I'm not working at that day or I'm just like taking it easy, I will always try to have my breakfast at midday, do my workout beforehand. And then obviously get my skincare and everything done in between that. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, we have, you know, picked up so many tips throughout the podcast with morning routines and it has truly become my favorite time of the day. So like Sophie said, sunlight on the face is like such a crucial thing for both of us. We learned that from Ingrid de la Mer Kenny. It's all about waking up with that good energy and in New York, which I also think you guys could use this in London because it's not always sunny, but it's winter right now and there's not a lot of sun. I have like fallen in love with infrared lights. So it's red light therapy. And when I wake up and there's no sun to get me going, I use the infrared light. I keep my gym clothes right next to my bed. 
has been like my latest thing. Right when I get out of bed, the first thing I do is get dressed. And honestly, it gets me moving so much quicker in the morning. I feel like way more productive by doing this. And then it's all about skincare straight away for me because I am one of those people who wake up so puffy in the morning. I just sleep really hard on my face, I think. And I go straight for an SPF oil, actually. And I use that oil to do some ice rolling and some gua sha and some face massage just to wake my face up. So with the sun and with my skincare, ice rolling and a good black coffee, my morning starts. And I usually will just write in my gratitude journal, take my dog out. And then I feel like that little 30 minute routine that we've done so consistently has really just kind of like shaped my life and how I go about my day because it's 30 minutes of me time in the morning, which I think is so important. People often wake up way too late. And I think we all deserve to give ourselves that time in the morning to just do some self-care. So, so true. And which infrared device do you use? It's called Juve, J-O-O-V. And it's definitely a little bit of a splurge, but I think with anything wellness, I always think, you know, I'm splurging on myself. You know, it's worth it. I want to feel my best. And truly on those winter days and on those days where there's not much sun, it makes a huge difference. That's such a good idea. And I love the idea as well about keeping your workout clothes just by your bed. It's such, such good motivation if you just wake up in the morning. And I've been trying to do a similar thing, actually not with my workout clothes, because I've got two little kids. I tend not to be able to do my workout in the morning. It has to sort of slot into my day. But what I've been doing is just having by my bed stand the things I do as soon as I wake up. So I've been using this amazing little light that you put on, which um, is very low blue light. So when you put it on, it doesn't blast your eyes with blue light. So I put that on rather than like a big light or proper lamp in the morning. And then I've been doing a little bit of um, tongue scraping. So I've just got back into that. So I have all this set up and I also have my mineral water and my lemon. So I can squeeze my lemon in straight away. And then my gratitude journal. So I can write down in that. And I usually have a crystal as well, which I'll select the night before and just have by my bedstand and just set an intention for the day. And I'll usually sort of say a few gratitudes or a few sort of affirmations. And what I try and do as well before I've even got out of bed is do like a little self-reiki routine. So I did some... um, training in Reiki one and two last year so one of the things we had to do to move from Reiki one to two was do a daily self Reiki so I've tried to stay in the habit of that before I even open my eyes before anyone needs me before my kids need me to sort of do that and I find if I have that all sort of laid out obviously my Reiki I can't lay out I just have to remember as soon as I open my eyes to to do that but that has helped me so much and all of that really takes probably five to eight minutes maximum but Mm -hmm. what a difference it then makes to the next hour which for me is always so crazy of trying to get my girls to have breakfast get them out the door do the school run all the rest of it get myself ready so I love the idea of sort of preparing the night before like like you both do Mm -hmm. yeah because and then you don't start your day in a frantic way it's like all set up for you you're setting yourself up for success because how you start your morning is how you're going to go into your day so you want to make sure you're setting yourself up Absolutely. And do either of you have evening routines that you do? Yes. So the evening as well, there's always a very consistent routine. So I'll try to finish eating at 8 p.m. So I give my digestive system time to kind of calm down and relax before going to bed because then it adds to a much better night of sleep. 
And I will either spend the evening watching a favorite TV show or a movie and just really winding myself down. I try my best not to work in the evenings because it's not, it's not relaxing. And I also love to have the lighting down low. If I can have candle lights or anything that's just not blue light, then it's really helpful to just like wind the mind down. And then I also love to have herbal teas. I am a big tea fan. So in the evenings, I'll either go for like a chamomile tea or a peppermint tea, which is really nice. And I also am obsessed at the moment with making these like turmeric lattes. It's Ooh. so good. It's like almond milk or oat milk, whatever plant-based milk you want to use. It's heated up and I add turmeric powder, cinnamon and stevia. And it's just a really calming drink for me. And it fills up my belly before sleeping without putting your digestion back to work. So I love doing that. It puts me into a nice sleepy state. And also if I am jet lagged, I will add like some melatonin powder to the drink and it really puts me to sleep. So that's how I like to wind down in the evening. And obviously I'll do my skincare as well before bed. So I love to use my cellar water, take my makeup off and then like cleanse my face. And I'll sometimes use a um, marula oil on my face if it's really dry. Like right now I'm in England, it's the air is super dry and it's cold and we've got the central heating on. So my skin is getting really dry. So I am going to bed by using, I am going to put my marula, marula oil on my face just before I go to sleep to really lock in that moisture. That's great. Amazing. And how about you, Kylie? Yeah, for me, my nighttime routine is really all about just shutting down my brain and slowing down my thoughts because I'm very guilty of this, getting my brain going and starting to think of new ideas and work on things that I shouldn't be working on at that time. So honestly, I wish I had like a more holistic, exciting routine to share with you guys. But for me, what does the job is reality TV. It's the best way for me to like turn off my brain. I put my phone away because my phone is what gets me going in the wrong direction when I'm trying to wind down. So I put on a reality TV show, which mentally helps me turn off so much. I take a CBD nighttime supplement that takes about 30 minutes to kick in, start chugging some water. I'll do my skincare while I'm watching TV because it's just relaxing. It feels like a ritual for me. I treat that like a wind down routine as well. And then eventually I end up in bed, freezing cold room and I keep my room very clean as well. This has been something that I've shared a lot. Our room is our space to wind down and relax and be at peace and get a good night's sleep. So I keep my room spotless. I want my room to just be relaxing because if I walk in there and I see a pile of clothes or I see something that is going to irk me, it's not going to help me wind down. So my room is like my sanctuary. It's very calming, very relaxing and very clean. And yeah, that's really what helps me wind down at night. That's so cool. I love that. And I'm dying to know what reality TV like, because I am a massive reality TV fan. I don't get a huge amount of time to watch it because my life is very busy, but I'm totally with you. For me, it is part of self-care. And people are always surprised yes. at that because I'm such a yogi with everything I do. But I say everyone has to have a guilty pleasure and mine's reality TV. So I'm dying oh. to know what your favorite shows are. I 100% agree. So I'm such a big Housewives fan, New yeah. York. I love Orange County. I loved Dallas, which I'm so sad they canceled. I know. And then I, oh my God, my true, true guilty pleasure is 90 Day Fiance. It is like true junk TV, but it is amazing. It's about all of these people in the States who find love with someone in another country and they have to get married in 90 days because of their visa. So it's like just drama and it's hilarious and I'm obsessed, but I'm sure many of you will try to watch it and like 
maybe not love it so much. It's real junk TV, but it it does the job for me. (laughs) I haven't heard of that one. I mean, Real Housewives, I am all in. I think I probably watched almost every one of all of the franchises over the years. I think I started really early. I was back watching it when the first Real Housewives of Orange County started. So yeah, I think I've gone through all of them. But no, I haven't heard of that one at all. But I'll have to have to check that out. Sophie, have you seen it? I haven't, but I am obsessed with Housewives. I've watched all of the Beverly Hills Housewives shows and that is definitely a way for me to switch off as well. Like I binge that stuff. I love it. I love it too. That's so cool. So going a little bit in a different direction, I'd love to ask you girls a little bit about social media. I know that you both are very active on social media, as am I. And of course, you are very used to having your photos taken, being in the front of the camera. But how have you sort of navigated the world of social media? Because I know that there can be a lot of judgment out there. It can feel very difficult for a lot of people being on there. And I know that there can be a lot of trolling as well. Have you girls experienced any of the negative side of social media? And if so, how have you navigated that? Well, for me, I see there, I see it as two sides to social media. There's creating the content and then consuming the content. So I oftentimes struggle with like having enough to post or, you know, what I want to put out there. I'm kind of a private person, to be honest, and social media and the fashion industry has kind of taken that from us. So I have this like battle in my head where it's like, I need to share more, but I don't want to share more. So that's one side that I've struggled with. But then there's the other side where it's just consuming the content and consuming what's going on out there. Like you said, like the trolling. And I feel like comparison is this big guilty burden that so many people are dealing with with social media. So for me, it's all about just like separating myself and my image of myself from social media. So no matter what I see out there has nothing to do with me because I always have to keep in mind that social media is everyone's curated perfect feed. They're all sharing their highlight reel and the best parts of their lives. So and me included, I honestly share all of my best stuff as well. Of course, I'm not sharing the nights that, you know, I'm crying from stress or anything like that. I share the high moments of my life. So, you know, when I separate myself from that and I keep that in mind, I, I don't go down the rabbit hole of comparison and I don't let these internet trolls who say, you know, you're too skinny, you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. I, I don't let them get to me because, again, like I have to separate it. I have to like, look at that as just like a little pastime, nothing to do with me and who I am as a person. It's just this app where everyone's posting stuff and it's, it's easy to internalize it, but if you do the work and you step away from it, it's, it's much better that way. Yeah. I mean, social media can be a very scary place. And at the end of the day to be able to navigate it. It all comes down to just finding self-love and self-acceptance and everyone's journey with that is completely different and personal. But to be in the industry we are in and having to put yourself out there on social media all the time and putting pictures of yourself out there on the internet, you are constantly faced with criticism and judgment. And if you are not in the right place mentally, it can be a really challenging and can cause a lot of problems for people, especially young girls. So the first thing you have to do is to learn to love yourself and be okay with who you are. Because when it comes to so and when it comes to social media, I find that 
following, you have to follow pages that add to your life instead of take away from it. So Mm -hmm. you find yourself feeling negatively about yourself after seeing someone's post, you can mute them. And if someone writes something mean on your photo, just learn to laugh about it and remind yourself that the people who spend their time writing these nasty things to others are people who are insecure about themselves and their insecurities have nothing to do with you. They are attacking you to try and make themselves feel better because they are envious over something you have. So just know that the problem isn't with you. It's with them and never play into it. They want your attention. They want the drama. So the best thing you can do when it comes to these trolls is just to pretend that they don't exist and that will upset them the most. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think it's such good advice. And I think the the journey of of self-love is definitely, you know, a tricky journey with its ups and downs. You know, generally, I am pleased to say that I'm at the point where I can definitely say that I've got self-love. But I know that there's been moments in my life where I haven't felt that way. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just those little daily rituals and routines. So the morning routine, the evening routines, all of those things which help us to feel pampered help us to nurture ourselves help us to feel that sense of self-love and self-gratitude that then helps us when we are faced with that negativity or criticism whether it be on social media or whether it be in day-to-day life and I'm really intrigued to know when someone does write something negative do you sort of just delete and block do you reply to it do you ignore it what's your sort of go-to strategy so I tend to just ignore it if I see it I don't play into it. Initially, you do have like a bit of like, oh, I want to, I want to write something back and like attack back. But mm-hmm. you just got to take a deep breath and let it go over you and just learn to like ignore it. Then you'll be a lot, a much happier person if you feed into it or you write back or you block them. It shows them that you're noticing it and that you're affected by it, and then they're winning. Yeah. But at the end of the day, just ignore, ignore, ignore. Yeah, I agree. For me, the second social media starts to make me feel negative or make me feel down is when I take action. So maybe I just put my phone away immediately. Maybe I'm unfollowing that person or blocking that person who made me feel unwell. Or maybe I have to like bring out my gratitude journal, to be honest, and just like, you know, put my mind in another place if something upset me. And I think social media needs to be treated like anything else in our life. If it's bringing you joy and it's bringing you good things, great keep it in your life. But the second that it starts to bring negativity to you, remove it. You know, if some people maybe struggle with alcohol, you know, they've had too many nights where it just like brought something negative to them. So they stopped drinking. So it's the same thing with social media. You've got to, you know, find that happy balance. Absolutely. And remembering it is just an app on the phone. And I'm the same as you, you know, I I delete and I block and I ignore. But isn't it amazing as human beings, how we can have hundreds or thousands or even hundreds of thousands of amazing positive comments. And as soon as that one negative one comes, Mm -hmm. even if we're feeling great that day, even if we just like delete and block, it's there lingering in our mind and even in our body, because I believe emotions do sort of really stagnate in the body often. And isn't it really strange as human nature, how we fixate on that rather than the thousands of good comments? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it shows how negative words have so much power behind them. So learning to just not take things personally and to not allow these bad words to come into your head is so important. Like words are 
was reading the four agreements that book and they said that words are like black magic they are so powerful so you have to be so wise with how you use them and so careful what you put out there because words stick with people and if you say something bad to someone it really can affect them and you don't want to be the person that makes people feel badly about themselves you're so right it's absolutely so true and actually on the flip side of things I'd be really interested to ask you girls about any tips for people listening that would like to grow their social media or have a social media presence many of our listeners are either qualified yoga teachers face yoga teachers they're in the wellness industry in the beauty industry and I know that many of my listeners are looking for tips to really build a loyal audience on their social media, which I know that both of you have done really, really well. Is there any tips you would like to share on that? You know, I always like to give myself the advice that I would want someone to give me. And it's just be yourself. You know, I really think that people are loving to see the transparency on social media and the uncurated versions, not like the perfect photo of me modeling on set, but instead just like me waking up in the morning with messy hair and talking about, you know, the skincare that I'm slapping on my face. I find that people are appreciating that so much more. People want to see the real sides of us. And I think that's what brings the loyalty. People start to feel like they're friends with you and they're connected with you and they want to follow you and they, they may talk about you to other people in a positive light. And I would say outside of that, the one other thing that I have found was a huge help is just collaboration. So when you find people out there, whether they're your friends or not, if you see that you guys have like passions, do something together. Maybe put a little cooking video together. Maybe, you know, just hang out and go for drinks and do a little Q&A together. I find that people with like audiences can bring more followers to the other person because if they like Sophie and Sophie does yoga and skincare and modeling, then why should I not do something with her? Because my people also love yoga and skincare and modeling. So I find that the cross collaboration is a big tool that people should take advantage of. Yeah. I think being authentic and consistent are the two key components when trying to grow a social media platform. I think if you're trying to be someone you're not on social media, people are going to pick up on that. I mean, energy is real and people will feel that your content is not authentic. So tune into what you, who you are and try to show that on social media and people will relate to you a lot easier and be consistent. So try to post as much as you can. Don't let it consume your life because there's more important things in life as well than just being on social media and creating followings. And But it is important to be consistent if you do want to grow a platform. So try to post maybe every day, every other day. I do it probably two to three times. I probably post once every two or three days. I try to do stories more often because I feel like that's a little bit easier. But yeah, just be consistent, be yourself and show who you really are and what the things you love. Yeah. yeah. And I had one more thing as well mm. that I kind of just had like a little epiphany the other day. It's so important to hone in on what makes you different and the little quirks that you do in your life because it makes you stand out. So I am obsessed with ice plunging, cold showers, going in the freezing cold ocean. And we just had a blizzard last week and I posted videos on my story of me doing this. Such a funky thing, probably not a very relatable thing. Most people would never do this. This, but I kid you not, I got so many messages. I got some new followers. I got random people messaging me. I have gone to two castings this morning and both of the casting directors commented on this. And like, those are the things that stick. 
the things Mm -hmm. that make you different and the little quirks, people like that. And I think when it comes to standing out on social media, that's very important. Yes, I love that. So what did you do? Did you go a nice plunge? Is that what what they were talking about when they were looking at your feed? Yeah, so um, we live on the ocean and (laughs) there was a (laughs) full-blown blizzard, literally two and a half feet of snow, the whole hike out to the ocean, the snow was up to your knees. And my boyfriend and I did a polar plunge. We hopped in, we stayed in as long as we could. And the next day I did it in our pool. I broke the ice in the pool and went in. I find it so good, so invigorating and so good for inflammation and such a mood booster. It's miserable for a hot second, but then when you hop out, you just feel like on top of the world. So I had to share it because as crazy as it looks, it works. And cold showers are now becoming easy breezy for me because I've jumped in the ocean during a blizzard. (laughs) Oh my goodness me. Sophie, do you do any cold plunging or cold showers? You know, she's been inspiring me to try it. I've been trying to turn that shower onto cold, but it's just, I'm struggling with it. It really is not for me right now, but I'm going to keep trying. I mean, when when I'm with her, maybe she'll get me in the ocean in the snow, but it's all about the breathing. If yeah, you can keep your breathing going and keep technique breath to it. in your body, you can do it. You can do anything as long as you're breathing. <laughs> I'll stick yeah. to my warm baths for now. I know. I'm with you, Sophie. Do you know what? I always have guests on that say the same thing as you, Kylie, that cold showers are amazing. They go for cold sea plunges and they talk about the benefits and how if you do the breath and like the Wim Hof breathing and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm always so inspired. And the next day I'm like, right, when I have my shower, I'm going to blast it cold and literally I blast it cold for about two seconds and run out and hate it (laughs) and then I'm just dying for a really hot bath again I'm like all about warmth I hate feeling cold so I feel like one day one day I might do it but then I guess no one likes feeling cold so it's just getting out of your comfort zone isn't it it's cold for a second but when you step out after you know, usually you're chilly when you hop out of a shower because you don't have warm water on your back anymore. But when mm-hmm. you have a freezing cold shower, you step out and you feel amazing. You don't need a towel. You're just, you're good. You feel great. You feel awake. I would just take baby steps. Do two seconds today, three seconds tomorrow, and eventually you'll get somewhere to 30 seconds, which I think is a great amount of time. Okay, Sophie, we have a challenge. We need yes. to do two to three seconds at the end of our shower tomorrow. <laughs> you know, my little brother Good loves enough. doing it. I found, I went up to stairs and I found a bath full of ice cubes. I was like, what the hell's going on up here? And Good he does him. these ice baths and he loves it. He says it's amazing to help his muscles recover and it like puts him into a kind of like meditative state. And he said wow. it's really good for his mental health. So there's something to be said for it for sure. That's so cool. So he does a lot of exercise, does he? And he's looking for like muscle yes, recovery. He's a gym freak. Okay. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So he's just like found that that's a really good, a lot of people say that actually for recovery, yeah. tight muscles. And then I know actually a lot of people that use it for mental health, for really giving them a mood boost. And particularly yes. in the UK during winter where we get so little light, so many people say it really helps them with seasonal affective disorder. So I do hear nothing but great reports about it, but still it's like the one wellness technique that I haven't yet. It's haven't intimidating. Yet. It is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear your doggy in the background. Oh, yeah, they're going for it now. <laughs> That's fine, don't worry, we're almost done. So the last question I wanted to ask you both to share with our lovely audience is if you could just pick one top tip for inner peace and for feeling truly good in mind and body, what would that be? 
Well, I found a lot of peace from doing daily yoga practices and also the occasional meditation. I'm by no means an expert at either of them, but every time I get myself onto the mat and I do even a 20 minute yoga session outside in the fresh air, it's magic for my stress and for my inner peace. But if we want to go deeper into finding inner peace, I think the key is just acceptance. Like once you learn to accept things, especially things you can't control, you will find peace. So practice acceptance whenever you can. You could try this like through meditations or manifestations. Try telling yourself during your meditations to accept whatever it is that you're having a hard time with and be at peace with it. And if I think about my life and how this relates to my career, when it does come to acceptance, the most important reason I needed to practice it was to learn how to accept rejection. So there is so much rejection in the modeling industry. And if you don't learn to accept all the no's and move on, it will consume you. So acceptance for me is key in anything in life and it will give you inner peace. Great. I love that. And I love this question. And for me personally, I think inner peace is you know, tied into just about everything. You know, we've given so many tips in this episode and these are tips that truly Sophia and I implement into our everyday lives. And I think if you're doing as many good things for yourself in a day as you can, that will help you find inner peace because if you're moving your body and you're feeding yourself good foods and you're doing your skincare and you're doing your meditations, that will help you trust your journey and almost just surrender to the universe because at that point, you're doing the best you can. You're setting yourself up for success as much as you can. And when things come your way and when life gets thrown at you, sometimes you can find peace and just surrender and knowing like, I'm doing the best I can. I will get through this stay present and that truly helps you find inner peace just trusting the universe when things are meant for you they will come to you and there's a lesson to be learned in all of the hardships so no matter how hard things get as long as I can find that peace and knowing I'm doing the best I can and I'm giving myself the best shot this too will pass that's really made a difference for me Definitely. That's so, so cool. And you've both given such amazing, amazing tips today. And I know that my listeners are going to want to follow you guys on social media and find out more about you. So can you share your social media handles, um, your podcast website, etc.? Yes. So my personal Instagram is at Kylie Vanami, V-O-N-N-A-H-M-E. We have a podcast Instagram, which is at the Not So Simple Life Podcast. And we are on all of the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, all the things. And we are called the Not So Simple Life Podcast. And I'll hand it over to you. So yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Sophie Longford. And you can find me there. That's where I spend most of my time. Yay. I love that. Thank you so much, Kylie and Sophie. You have been amazing, amazing guests. I really appreciate you coming on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Thank you. This has been such a great conversation. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.